That was pathetic football. Right, have a look at the board. I've made some changes. Welcome back to Magnet Movers, episode 22. We're here again in the studio. I'm joined, as always, by Josh Danger Ranger, and this week by a special guest, Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks, Johnny. Glad to be here. Yes, good morning, Johnny. We're here with Jeff because my Seattle Seahawks were absolutely hopeless on the weekend. Uh, mind you, I didn't, I didn't count that we'd be playing against the umpires as well, mate. The refereeing was horrific. Um, but, you know, you know how I love the umpires. You do. It was them. It was on them. Uh, and for those listening, this is the cost of wagering. Sometimes, <laughs> if you put a challenge out there, you end up like Jeff on Australia's number one sporting podcast. So, take what you like from that. Jeff, it's great to have you here, mate. Tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your Magnet Movies journey this far. Well, I've come down from the country today in the rain and with all dodging all the potholes to be here. It's a great privilege to be here today. Uh, as for Josh, just a sook. <laughs> <laughs> that is just being a sook. Umpires had nothing to do with it. I mean, we gave you as many chances as possible. We even had our running back throw to Tom Brady, who tripped over his wheelie walker, you know, <laughs> You were playing veterans, and you still couldn't win. That's how hopeless your Sea Eagles are. Let's just face it. You're looking. He's renowned us. A Seahawk, sorry. <laughs> Getting mixed up between all of them because I'm waiting for that noise. That noise will be happening this week. Is that right? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. no they lost. The noise won't be happening this week. <laughs> the big man's come with jokes, and I, and I appreciate it because, yeah, as, uh, for those that don't know, my beloved Philadelphia Eagles – Stumbled to the commanders. Got done. Yeah, but, you know, you got to win one to... Oh, you got to lose one to, you know, build. And I think it's it's humbling <laughs> for Jalen Hurts, who was getting a bit ahead of himself. And uh, humbling for you, mate. We're back on track. You were getting a bit ahead of yourself. We got the Giants and we're going to get them. So, so does, is this the end of the Philadelphia trip? Is that is that at the end? Look, I won't say it's over, but if anyone from Philadelphia wants to reach out with an airline ticket, <laughs> I will accept it on the Magnet Movers <laughs> business card. <laughs> Oh, no, no hope. No oh. hope. <laughs> You're gone, done, finished for the season. Oh, there we go. Pack it up, put it away. Eight and one, it's all over. Tampa is back. No, I don't know about that. Um, mate, let's let's get into it. Let's let's start with chatting about AFL. Let's yes. talk about AFL. So, big big story um, came out very recently um, about through, about the AFL umpires. Talk to me, mate. What's what's been happening? Yeah, so on on Monday morning, there was sort of four guys that were arrested over mm. suspected gambling on specific rounds of the AFL Brownlow uh, regarding sort of potentially an umpire has leaked that, you know, Paddy Cripps was going to get three votes in a specific round. These other guys have obviously jumped on and have won some money. And apparently, according to sort of like betting agencies whatnot, it really stood out like the the amounts they were wagering. Mm. And it wasn't like the, the returns seemed to be that big, but the, the actual consistency of the bets and the accounts that were betting on those rounds were sort of the same accounts and they were just winning each time. So obviously it's brought the uh, the umpiring fraternity into a bit of disrepute, but mm. yeah, it's pretty disappointing. What did you make of it? I just thought, no, pretty typical of umpires, isn't it? Yeah, you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, look, it's it's oh, it's, it's, a, it's a big story, isn't it? That you, you've got this one umpire, a real junior umpire. It was like his first proper season. Yeah, 17 games he's done in his career, so. Yeah, and like the, ga- the games in question were mainly ones he was emergency umpire for. So he was called into the rooms to help with the votes and 
He's then shared, you know, with some mates who was voted for. Um, and, you know, they, they were quite, yeah, some of the ones that were quite controversial and you wouldn't expect them to win three votes. That's where they, where they picked it up. Um, but my, my thought is, like, how, how silly do you get to, like, just bet on your, your, mates, your mates' games? Like, that's a sure way to get, like, picked up. If you're just voting for these one umpire's games, like you've got to spread out a little bit, like <laughs> yeah. or just chuck like a dummy in there. That's get right. A few or, wrong, <laughs> or just like chuck like one really big bet on one of his games, and then no one's going to know it's him. Like you can't prove it's him based off one game. But yeah, don't do it for a pattern of his games. That was oh yeah, I, would, I didn't think it was very smart. Mm. Um, Jeff, what are, what are your thoughts? Well, I think the whole thing's stupid. Totally. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> why you would do it? I mean, I think the first thing I do is. Um, Get rid of gambling on the Brownlow. If the AFL wants to keep the integrity of the Brownlow, get rid of gambling on the Brownlow. There's no need for it to have. They've got to bet on the games, fair enough. But take the Brownlow out of it because it's the only thing in football that probably can you can rig. You can't rig a match in footy. You can't get 22 blokes to say we're going to throw the game. You know, So I reckon get rid of, of betting on the Brownlow. The one thing, though, is... And I've heard Grant Thomas carrying on about saying the umpires shouldn't. Yes, Grant Thomas, my man. (laughs) Sorry, what a dipstick. (laughs) Couldn't agree more. (laughs) Coming out and saying that the umpires shouldn't be the ones vote for the Brownlow. The umpires do the Brownlow. That's it. It's tradition. That's what it's based on. Get over it. They do it. I mean, what are you going to do? Change to other to media people? Yeah. To, I mean, then you what you have the joke like the um, the rising star, and you end up with Dacos winning it. Oh no! <laughs> wow, <laughs> he's come prepared. Oh, I mean, the only like reason it. he got kicks is because he gets to play on out of full back. If you put those out, he gets about five possessions Thank a you. game. Thank and who you. should have got it, Jeff? Anyone you can. He's someone's been listening to the podcast. Someone well, knows where the allegiance need to lie. Wow. Um, <laughs> but I, I do agree with your, your point there, Jeff, regarding getting rid of betting on the brown. Like, we've seen it successful with the Dally M in the, the NRL. You're no longer allowed to bet round by round on that. Mm. Um, so even if you do have a bet like on the overall result, that could probably stay in. But it's the round by round stuff mm. that's up for, for controversy. And it's the only sort of thing in sport where the punter can like bet on something after the events already happened. So like mm. obviously if you're betting on a on a horse race or a game of footy, you're betting before it starts. But like the brown load, the votes have already been calculated, you're going back and then betting on it, there's a always a chance for sort of corruption to come in there. So do you close the the, the betting for the brown low, you know, halfway through the season and you say that the only way you can do the betting round by round is the week before? Yeah. Well I think that's what happened. You can do it. I think it's just the week before. That's how it's happened, isn't it? Nah. So, what do you mean? Because like this round by round, they only opened it. Like they only opened that the week before, don't they? They only opened that on like the Brownlow night. night. So, or like yeah, the week leading up yeah. to the Brownlow. So, yeah, what we're saying, sort of saying is don't open that up. Yeah, at all. In, or have it as Jeff was sort of saying, have it like the week of. If say Carlton are playing Collingwood this week, Paddy Cripps to get three votes oh, can be a market that you can then bet on. Like is that what you sort of mean? Yeah, before yeah, the game, sure. and then with you know the hour before the game starts, yeah, it's closed. It's closed off. Yeah, I, I think we've got a new market, you guys. This is good. <laughs> Reach out. <laughs> well, and, and and on this on this very question, we've got a we've got a listener question here from Matt. So so Matt, thanks for writing, Matt. Um, first time first time li- uh, question writer in our So thanks, mate. Um, so <laughs> could be a beautiful title. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> we might have to workshop that one. Um, so he said, you know, in light of in light of this news, 
Um, he sort of also he and Matt's now one of my favourite listeners because he's he's on board with me here. He said, "Is it time to change to the Brownlow Medal as awarded?" Um, you know, he says he knows the industry likes the big night, but he said, "What other sport around the world has the umpires award its so-called most prestigious individual honour by nominating its three best players each match?" Is there any other sport you can think of where the best individual players of the sport have not won the best individuals award at least once? And he says, I give you Gary Ablett Senior, Wayne Carey, Lance Franklin, Lee Matthews, John Coleman, Ted Whitten. So none of those players have ever won uh, the award. And they're clearly great to the game. None of those players have ever won the Brownlow. Um, and he, yeah, so his, his thought is doesn't need to be changed. I, I'm with him. I think it needs to be coaches' votes. I think the coaches have the best understanding of the game. Like, there's 18 blokes out there who we're paying, being paid big money to coach the game, so they clearly have a decent understanding of it. They do the coaches' votes anyway. Just get them to do it. Just get the coaches' votes on board. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good thought. Um, firstly, Matt, thanks for writing in, and uh, you left Scotty Penelbury off that list, so obviously deserved a brown low in his day. <laughs> Sure. That, that, yep. Let's run with it. Yep. Old Dependlebury. Yep. Uh, yeah, but the problem with the coaches, coaches sort of doing the votes is they have a vested interest mm. like, in sort of the players, whereas the, the umpires are the only sort of people within the game that sort of don't. I guess the other argument is like the media, but then I don't know. How well do that, does the media know the game? I, I'm big on the umpires. So it sounds like Jeff is as well, but what oh, do you reckon, Jeff? Absolutely. The, Look, Matt, good try. That's all I can say with this question. <laughs> the Brownlow is the best and fairest. And I think we're forgetting about that part, the fairest. That's why it's got to be the umpires do it. They are impartial. If we're looking at the fairest. All those players he listed, with the exception of Gary Ablett Sr., were great players, but they also got reported a lot. Gary Ablett just got reported a lot. He wasn't a great player. He was a horse on reject. But... <laughs> You know, the rest of them, like Lee Matthews is the greatest player in history, but he got reported nearly every season. Buddy Franklin got reported a lot, or does get reported a lot. So they're not the fairest players. So it is the best and fairest. And I think that's what people have got to get over a bit. You've got to put the two of them together. Wow. Mm. So maybe we need to change the definition. But And the other, my other issue with it is that the umpires, as listeners know, I may not have the greatest view of umpires, but... They have a very difficult job, and I don't think anyone thinks umpiring AFL is easy. But I don't think it makes it any easier by making them, after they've had to focus on the game and focus on the thousands of rules that the AFL changes every year, we want them to umpire the game at a high standard, and then we want them to, what, go and pick votes afterwards? Like, I reckon just let them umpire the game, then let them head home after that. That's my thought. But Josh, you've umpired a game or two in your time, I believe. Is that correct? Hello. It, it, it is, and I hated doing the votes afterwards. It was, it was, it was terrible. What did you umpire? Oh, I umpire. I used to umpire some junior footy and some then some um, some seniors footy at, at, for the high school. I used to go to Assumption. So there you go. Um, and let me tell you, I I did plenty of votes, and I, yeah, it wasn't wasn't the funnest part of my job. If there was a betting market, would you have invested? I'd have been studying as a betting market down the 14s, let me tell you. But, you know. Something to think about. <laughs> Perhaps I wouldn't, mate. Perhaps I wouldn't, you know. But you were capable of doing it, though, weren't you? Yeah, but I don't think I was the best best suited. The coaches would have been far better. Um, there you go. Coaches would have been far better. But um, before we move on from AFL, since we got him in the studio, he's, and he's, he's promised this in the pre-production meeting, he's very excited about this. Jeff, we've, we're, this is your chance to live uh, hit us with a hit us with your weekly question, and we know it's AFL related. So, and he's earned the right. Let's make that clear. He has earned the right by 
by wagering, <laughs> not not having to write in for a month, which would have been detrimental to our show's content. Wow, some say detrimental, some say beneficial. So he's <laughs> earth, all right, and oh, I'm keen to hear what you've got, Jeff. What have you got for us? Oh, Look, I know it is the highlight of the show each week. <laughs> By far. You know, I've talked Fully to some of the listeners that I've talked to. That's what they hang out for each yeah, week. Yes, sure so, yeah, we're going to go with AFL. And the draft is coming up. It is. We love Big the draft. Tommy, love the draft. Love the draft to see what we're going to get each year. But all the focus goes on to number one pick. It does. Not sure it should be. Hello. Big is it best here. to have number one or number two in I, the draft? Maybe both. Although, mind you, Melbourne did that. They didn't do very well, did they? They didn't do very well. So this year, I think GWS has done a mistake trading to get the number one pick off North Melbourne. They should have taken the number two. Okay. Historically for them, they've had three number one draft picks, GWS. Lockie Whitfield, not too bad. Not a great success, but not too bad. Just gets injured a lot is is Lockie's problem. The other two, Johnny Patton. Mm. Fail. Mm. No, not the strongest. Tom Boyd won a premiership, but not with GWS. <laughs> Last of the year. <laughs> yeah. Like Jason. And then you look at Jason Horn Francis this year. The Hornet. You know, one year, average football, and he's gone. In fact, if you look at the statistics all over, oh, hello. number one compared to number two. This is the most that's ever been done on this show. Oh, <laughs> this look, this question I'm right loving in. this. I'm is loving it? this. The. Remembering the draft, the first real draft was 1986. They did have a few. They tried two in 81 and 82, didn't really catch on. They had a few, a break for it, got it all organised. Officially started 1986. We've had a draft every year since then. All right. Both number one have both produced 21 All-Australian jackets. Pick number one. Pick number one and pick number oh, two. Both yep. had 20. Though in for number one, Nick Rewald did have five of them. Yeah, okay. So he's, he's got them there. Uh, 22 best and fairest have come from pick number one. Yeah. Compared to 14 for pick number two. Oh, pick number one's winning early on. Yeah. yeah. Four rising stars for pick number one. Two for number two. One Coleman only for pick number two. None for pick number one. No Coleman medalists. Yes. One Brownlow Witch. Yep. So we're, we're there. One Norm Smith for pick number two to Petrarca. Yep. Yep. Number two. Uh, sorry, number one pick. Two. Both to uh, surely Lukey Hodge. That's the one. My man. Your uh, boy, you reckon? I love Lukey Hodge. Hodge. I love Hodge. <laughs> Hope he's well. Coach, <laughs> the coach's award, two to, uh, sorry, three to pick number one. Yep. Two to pick number two. Which really is the brand, let's be honest. Yep. <laughs> so, something they say. But here's the big one. Here we go. Premierships. It's all about the flags. We love the flags. Well, that's the most important thing in football. Number one picks, eight premierships between them. Mm. Four of them to Luke Hodge mm. So he's wow. got half of them And two to um, I think it was Hazel uh, A West Coast guy early on Not important person <laughs> And but Just Pick clearly, number two Clearly not a West Coast supporter over here <laughs> Pick number two 17 premierships wow. between them Yikes It's a lot now of flags That's a big difference isn't it That's a big difference So I'm saying I'm putting it out there That GWS In my opinion Should have Pick number two is more important than pick number one. It doesn't have the pressure on them. They seem to succeed better. What do you think, guys? Josh, do you want to start with this one? Yeah, I can take this one. I, I, I like the research, Jeff, and it makes it hard to argue the point when you have that research in front of you. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's a really interesting thing. And I think it's 
we do this this we do place a lot of pressure on pick one and it's different to a lot of say the the big american sports where you have the the college systems and you got scouts for years and they play a lot more sort of sport at a high level so when you've got pick one you know who the best player is like it's so clear and you've seen a lot of american sports the first pick it quite often does become the superstar of that draft Whereas in AFL, because we obviously have the TAC Cup, but that's that's kind of it. Like we don't see them play as much as we do in say the the big American sports. I think I think you're right. Like the pressure that comes with pick one isn't on pick two. Pick two can relax a bit more, and you're still getting one of the two best players in the draft. Like let's be honest, generally you might get someone who's got unbelievable freakish talent, but your first first four or five picks of the draft, they're going to be pretty similarly talented, aren't they? So I think it also then comes down to. Um, the club that they're potentially drafted to. And if you've got pick one, you're last on the ladder. Like, you're potentially not going as well. And I find it really interesting that with the premierships, four went to Luke Hodge, who, of course, that pick was traded from Freya to Hawthorne. So it wasn't even a pick that a team that was last that took first pick. So maybe it's something that when a team is so far down the bottom that they're unable to, you know, use that um, pick in their culture very well, potentially is the issue as well. Johnny, what are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so... As you know, Josh, I've never let not having researched something stop me from having a strong opinion on it. Of course you haven't. That's what uh, and, this podcast, that's what this podcast and, is. And so, therefore, I do have a strong opinion on this. Mm. So, I think it's the draft as a whole, I'm pretty off. It's just a gamble. Mm. Like, realistically, you can pretty much throw a blanket over the top sort of five picks and you don't know who's going to be the best. And it's very hard at 17, 18 years old mm. to pick the most talented kid. And so, I guess those stats sort of reflect... Number one, number two, you know, realistically, they've been pretty equal historically, except in premierships where number two has done better. Mm. But I think it, it's so hard to, to nail that pick. But then that element of often the worst team in the draft getting pick number one probably does hurt as well in terms mm. of like the premiership argument. So, yeah, it's really tough. I just think you're better off trading for someone who's three or four years into their career at 21, 22 years old mm. and giving up your first round pick because at least you know what they are. Whereas, like, this, this draft, for example, you've got Aaron Cadman, who's the big centre-half forward from, from country Victoria, who's going to go as the number one pick, most likely, to the Giants. Yep. How often are young big forwards good in their first five years? Oh, it, it takes them, yeah, five or six to develop, doesn't so it? So, this kid's going to be under stupid pressure. Yep. And in a not very good side. They're mm. not winning the flag in 100 years. It's famously <laughs> been mentioned. And so, like, I just feel for him because he's going to add to this statistic in the argument that number two is better than number one. So, Jeff, I like your research. You've come with a, a beautiful slate, slate of research, and uh, I think you're right. So, that's that's my take. There we go. <laughs> there we go. There we I, go. I, I like it. Um, now, while, whilst we've still, we still got Jeff here, um, we thought we might do one more thing. Yes. All right. We thought we might do Magnum of the Week. And, and Roma has it. That you've brought one to the brought one to the table. You brought, you brought one to no, the table. No, boys. well, no, I haven't brought a magnet mover to the week of oh, the week. Oh, I've no. brought the anti magnet mover of the week. <laughs> oh, we love this. We love now, the anti magnet mover. We talk about who's done the best thing. Well, this is a complete dog act. Oh, oh boy, what's this happened? is bad. Here we go. And it has to go the anti magnet mover of the week to Max Verstappen from Red Bull Racing. Yeah, Max, what's he done? I'm all about me. Don't worry about anybody else, Verstappen. So it's got to the second last. Formula One Grand Prix in Brazil was on the weekend. Yes. Yep. Max Verstappen, by a mile, has won already the World Championships. He's winning by almost 200 points, remember? Yes. He's, he's, he's miles in front. Miles in front. Can't be cool. Only one race left. The battle is between is for second. Between, from Red Bull, um, what's his name? I can't think of his name now. 
because obviously oh, by, his, by his nickname, Checo. That's um, right. Let's run with Checo. Yeah. So Sergio Perez and Charles Leclerc from Ferrari. Yeah. So in the race coming down, uh, Perez was one point ahead going into the race. So what does oh, – sorry, two points. They get to near the two laps to go, and Leclerc is sitting in fourth spot, and Perez is in sixth spot. Oh, dear. And sitting in fifth. Maxi. Max Verstappen. Big Maxi. Oh, no. Over the radio, he's told by his team, let Sergio through so he stays one point ahead of Leclerc. Distant. Yep. Yeah. You I, can guess what happens. I know where this goes. Oh, I'm, I'm, I know where this I'm is going. The Maxi. So I'm saying the footage. All season, <laughs> all season, Perez has helped Verstappen out. He's blocked the Ferrari drivers who were the big challenge. Mm. He's blocked Lewis Hamilton. He's done everything a good teammate could do. Mm-hmm. So Verstappen, no, doesn't pull over. Gets to halfway through the last lap, gets told again, pull over, let him through. Gets to near the final straight, radiate again, pull over, let him through. Oh, dear. What's his deal? Why has he not done it? I think he's just he a says weapon. His answer was, <laughs> I have my reasons and it's all right. There's one race to go. He's just got to beat Leclerc now. Uh, Maxi, how come, arrogant! Come on, Maxi! Oh, so pull your head in. Love yep. it from him, though. That's why no one likes him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. It's a bit of drive a bit. Where's when losers complain, as I say? That's it. <laughs> so yeah, here's my here's the my anti- vote for anti magnet mover of the week. Anti magnet mover of the week. There's no, I go. like it. And, and thanks for bringing it to the table. You've, you've clearly considered the floating criteria, which yeah. I enjoyed. That's and, right. And uh, it's a it's a quality nomination. It is now. And before you go, John, I've got a nomination for you Hello. For, for actual magnet mover of the week. Okay. Which I'm sure with the flooding criteria will not will not be the main mover. But, I wouldn't you know, want that in though. But, you know, there's always a chance. <laughs> oh, I would. <laughs> so I've got one by the name of, of Thomas Morstead is my nomination for Magnet Mover of the Week. Yes. Hello, Thomas. And, and he is the, the punter for the Miami Dolphins. And you know I love my Miami Dolphins. Yeah, they're biased. Like, they're I'm like my second favourite team. <laughs> so the, uh, those who don't know, the quarterback is Tua Tagovailoa, and he had a day out on the weekend. They won 39-17. to and it meant the punter, Thomas, didn't punt the ball all game. Not once did they have to give it back to them, Miami. That's how good they were on offense. So what Thomas did was he essentially had a bit of fun. So on the sidelines at different times, he was doing different things. So at one stage, he was pretending to sleep on the bench when the camera was watching him. <laughs> and then later on, uh, he was he was doing 50-meter sprints like a substitute would in a, another sport <laughs> like to, to warm himself up. And the crowd were loving it. They thought it was hilarious. They kept showing on the TV because he just didn't get to do anything all game. So, Thomas, you're my nomination for pretending to do 50-metre warm-up sprints on the side because you didn't have to kick the ball all game. I love that. So, well done, Thomas. And I just want to let you know he's come really close. <laughs> but unfortunately, the criteria hasn't gone his way this week. He's got fifth at the post. Oh, he has. He has. By the nose to this man, KL Rahul. Okay. Out of out of India's uh, T20 cricket side, mm-hmm. he was interviewed after the T20 World Cup regarding sort of other tournaments. So, so, sort of the narrative went towards the end of the T20 World Cup, which we will get to. That was that you know, Joss Butler and Alex Hales play in Australia every year in the Big Bash, mm. and so they're experienced and you know they knew the grounds well and they sort of navigated their their innings throughout the tournament quite well. Yep. So was, the interviewer was sort of asking, you know, do you reckon uh, the BCCI are going to let Indian players go to play other major T20 tournaments. Mm. And so, you know, Kyle just, you know, takes it and says, nah, because if they let us do that, then test cricket's essentially dead. And the BCCI wants to protect the the sanctity of test cricket. 
And I just want to say to KA Rahul, absolutely turn it up, mate. They're obviously protecting the IPL, <laughs> which is worth billions of dollars to them every year. It's like, say to your test crew, get a grip. Come on, mate. So, you know, just for, you know, having a go with the media, play on, I guess. KR Rahul is my magnet mover of the week. There we go. No, I like that, mate. I mean, look, I think Thomas should have got him, but no, I, I like that, mate. No, it was a strong nomination for you. <laughs> Thanks, mate. There we go. Um, now, Jeff, before before we uh, before we uh, you know kick you out of the studio, uh, we'd like to say thanks for thank thanks for coming on. Have you got anything else for us before we let you go? I've just got one other thing. I'm going to bring in a, a top five. Okay. And next week, I'm going to send you a top five. The other listeners can write in and give me their top five for the five most overrated players in the AFL. Is this currently or of all time? Of all time, if they want. Okay. Have I mean, you got a list? Well, that'll be coming next week. Oh, okay. okay, next week. Yeah, next week. If it doesn't include Nick Nat and Nui, though, there's something wrong with your list. Okay. Let's be honest. <laughs> not, a, not a Nick Nat fan. But there what I'm going to give you yep. is the top five number two draft picks okay. of all time. All right. Which does, go. though Nick Nat and Nui was a um, number two draft pick, does not include him. doesn't get on your list. So number five from GWS, yeah. Josh Kelly. Oh, yep. yeah, he, he goes all right, doesn't he? Still going out and still going all right. Number four, Trent Cotchin. Yep. Should be higher. Oh, hello. Let's, yeah. see, let's see who's, in, let's see who's, ahead, who's ahead of him. Yep. Number three, Tristan Petrarca. Oh, oh. Petrarca's probably a Cotchin, I reckon. Oh. Trax is a good player. I love Trax. Probably he, top premiership captain. Well, yeah, but Petrarca's a lot younger. This is true. Give Petrarca another 10 years, he might have the three flags. This is true. Number two, Nigel Lappin. Underrated. I like this. Yeah, he was good. And number one, easily, the rough. Oh, Jared Ruffy. Jeff, it's been great having you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go past Ruffy, four-time premiership player, Coleman medalist, All-Australian. He's got. He's done a lot. He's done a lot, all right. And yeah. beat cancer. That's true. So if you have a better list than that, which I, I don't suspect would be too challenging for the listeners out there, <laughs> definitely let us know and we'll give you a plug next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Jeff, for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Good luck, guys. Enjoy the show. Keep doing the good work. It's been great to be here. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. All right, mate. So now that Jeff's out of the studio, let's really knuckle down and get through some stuff here. Um, let's let's chat about T Twenty World Cup. Yeah, let's do it. So it, it it finished, and oh, mate, what a what a disaster it was in the end. Day. It wasn't really that exciting. No one really cared. England supporters are happy in their own backyard, which is just disgusting. Um, what do you think of it all, mate? Yeah, I guess it shows that, that England have really started to take the white ball game more seriously, unlike the the Australians and the Australian public more broadly, That as we've sort of chatted about previously on the pod, that no one really cares. No. Uh, we just haven't embraced it, and and unfortunately that, that showed itself in this tournament. Sort of the, the nations that have embraced it, Pakistan, England, obviously India, they're just a juggernaut, and New mm. Zealand as well, really, who have really embraced the white ball, have just obviously dominated in the the tournament and the the Aussies in their own backyard, as you say, mm. yeah, they really struggled. Yeah, no, it's 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 concerning. And look, it was one of those ones where you know we talk about England winning. Like in their side, they only had two Test specialist players in uh, Butler and Stokes, who are let's be honest, they're they're two big hitters in their in their Test side. Yeah, you know, and we know in Australia we've got half our Test side in there. Yeah, exactly right. So I think you know you were chatting this a little while ago. I think it lends itself to having some more specialist teams. Because um, right now it's just not working. Um, so no, so that's so that's the end of the T Twenty World Cup, and I think we've got another one coming up in a couple of years' time. But it's, of all places, it's in America, Mate, um, so, Major League Cricket. Have you heard about this? I have not heard about this. Talk to me. The 
American sporting public, the American sports body, I don't know actually what it is, sure. have bought the rights to, to Major League Cricket, which is going to be a three-week sort of T20 series at the start of 2024. Okay. Leading into the, that that World Cup. And the, I've seen a lot of clips floating around um, sort of podcasting that in, in America of them finding out about King Coley. Oh, like, okay. Oh, Coley, Coley. He's more famous than LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a bit of that going on. They discovered cricket there. So yeah, it's super interesting that the US is going to sort of penetrate the market. And mm. who knows, some of the baseballers um, might you know code hop and, and see how they go with the with the cricket ball. They might. There we go. That'll be that'll be interesting, mate. We, it's the reverse of the movie I reviewed a little while ago. It was cricket to baseball. This will be baseball to cricket, mate. This is true. Could and be- for those that like the American accent, reach out. I could do it each week. <laughs> that the eagle sound. Replace the eagle noise. <laughs> we could have an alternating. <laughs> um, now, mate, on, on cricket, another big story to come out this week is Glenn the Big Show Maxwell. Maxi. So he's done a couple of things the last couple of weeks. First of all, he essentially said that the team didn't care they lost the, the World Cup. Yeah. Which, let's be honest, is not a good way to endear yourself to the Australian public, even though they don't care. Like... You have to show some care for the tournament. Like, yeah. the fans that do care, it's not a good way to keep them. Mm. But over the weekend, he's at a 50th birthday party. Yeah. And him and a, him and a mate are running around in the backyard. Sober a, as well. Apparently. Apparently sober. Yeah. Because, as we know, all all males in their mid-30s run around in backyards sober. It's, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the most common occurrence of these events. It's what, it's what <laughs> <Yeah>. they do. <laughs> So and he and the two of them have slipped and the other guy one yeah the other guy sort of slipped on his leg and and broken the leg and he's out for he's out for three months yeah so that's yeah so it's going to cost him mm. he was going to play shield cricket this year yep to try to make it back make a run back at the test side yep for the Indian tour yeah so uh, he's probably going to miss out on that yep he's also and probably more notably not going to be able to captain the stars mm. so the the big bash that you know. He's, has struggled in the last couple of years. Has probably just lost its main attraction. So, mm. yeah, costly for for Maxwell and his future sort of endeavours at the Test side, and then probably hurts the big bashes as well. Yeah, no, it certainly doesn't help. But um, yeah, he needs to. It's and it comes back to what you were saying a, a few weeks ago, doesn't it? With um, we were talking about what what to do, and what not to do in the in the AFL off season. Yeah, I reckon you can probably add running around your backyard to that list of, <laughs> of do nots. Like, come on, guys! I couldn't agree more. <laughs> No chasing around your mates. <laughs> Not at all. What are they doing? Yeah, it's just weird. Oh, it's so weird. B- bunch of five-year-olds. Um, now, mate, before we move on from cricket, we've got a we've got a listener question here. Yep. And it's from the O. The O oh, again. He's, he's, he's come back. He's written in. He, now that he's an official friend of the show, we can't stop him. And he's stoked about that, I've heard. Oh, he'd be loving that. Yeah. He'd be absolutely loving that. So I, I, it'd probably be on, on his email list now, you know, Theo, official magnet mover friend, uh, you know. Instagram bio type gear. Sure, surely. <laughs> um, so he's, he's, he's been here to get about our discussion, or excuse me, discussion of the match day experience from last week. Yeah. So he said uh, he and his family went to the Melbourne Stars of Renegades game last year. And for half time they had um, jumps for dirt, bo- dirt bikers to ride off. Um, they set up a landing pad. Um, and the people he was with reckoned it was probably better than the actual game itself. Yikes. They had a great time. So his question is, do you think that the cricket puts more effort into doing the halftime entertainment than actually getting the cricket game ready? Um, <laughs> and then he's also, do you think that Big Bash um, has the best actual like entertainment outside the sport than any other sport from Theo? Mm. What are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, to be honest, 
I don't pay a lot of attention to to sport, like halftime entertainment and things like that. <laughs> Conventionally, I uh, find myself in the bar. But, but for those <laughs> that, that are not surprised <laughs> that are watching, yeah, I think it's good. To, the the motorbike stuff is is epic when I have seen it. So um, yeah, it's good that they put put the effort in. But mm. it's ultimately it's hard because you don't want to take away from you know what people are going to see. Like you don't want to say, oh, I'm going to watch a motorbike show surrounded by some cricket. You want to be like, I'm going for the cricket. So it's sort of like you don't want to make the entertainment too good, but <laughs> but I do like the motorbike. So I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah, no, I, I think it's different with the Big Bash, isn't it? Because it's, it's a, about making it sort of a, a fun family experience. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if you have something on a halftime it, it, or between innings breaks, it does, it does sort of, you know, make that more of a family fun event. And as, as you chatted about before, you know, Australia really hasn't embraced the Big Bash. Mm. So maybe it's the, it's how they have to get people in by having more entertainment because they haven't embraced it, perhaps. Um, you know, whereas we know in Test cricket you don't need that because they have the Milo cricket for the little that for the kids to have a go. But there's no other entertainment because we're just there for the cricket. Yeah, we love the cricket. So maybe it's an aspect of that. But uh, um, yeah, and as far as you know, getting do they put more time organising entertainment to the game? I think at times they do. So I don't know if you <laughs> you remember this, but. Four or five years ago, there was a, a Stars Renegades game at Marvel, and the halftime entertainment was the Veronicas. Um, and That's I, awesome. I love the Veronicas. What's your favourite song by them? Oh, Untouched is pretty Yeah, good. not bad. Oh, I could do that. Oh, Go on, give us a little bit. No, not give us a little We'll lose all our listeners, mate. Um, but, they, yes, they had them at halftime, and, then went, and they had fireworks during their performance, particularly at the end. And the issue was that they'd thought so much about making this act awesome. They'd forgotten that fireworks create smoke. And oh, so, no. and they had to delay the second innings by half an hour because there was too much smoke in the ground <laughs> and the players couldn't see the ball. <laughs> so I do think they put more work in entertainment than the game at times, the Big Bash. And sometimes it's misguided. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, we love the Veronicas, but let's ease off on the... Uh, Friends the, of the show as well, Veronicas, I've heard. Oh, surely. Yeah. Oh, they're Australian icons, aren't they? They Got, are indeed. Gotta love Bit the like us. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're on the same page. <laughs> this is true. Um, now, mate, let's let's move on to another World Cup. What's going on at the moment over over in England? The Rugby World Cup. Yes. Um, which you know, it's it's been a little bit hard to get excited about this, just because we we haven't seen much press about this down here. It's all been about the T Twenty Cricket World Cup, and maybe because it's over there, we've just heard a lot less about the Rugby World Cup. Um, and it's also one at an awful time. It was like two a.m. the mm. games for us, so it's not ideal, but. Um, have you caught any of the Rugby World Cup, mate? Have you caught, caught much of it? No, I haven't, if I'll be honest. <laughs> there we go. But right. I'm across the fact that Australia are doing quite well, which uh, which is good. Which is good. So Australia are through the final. They beat New Zealand 16-14 to 14 in the semi. But the other semi was, was the big one. Yeah. Because it's obviously in England. And England were one of the three favourites to win it. It was Australia, England, New Zealand were the big three favourites. Mm. And the entire press coverage has been, A, who will play England in the final? And B, how will England beat Australia? Because everyone assumed to be Australia-England final, the two best sides, and it was all about, is this English side good enough to beat the Aussies? And of course, the English media was saying, yeah, they can do it. This is how they do it. And it was all about, this is going to be the time England beat Australia in their Rugby World Cup final. Yeah. First, though, England had to obviously get to the final. Who are they, who are they against? So they're against Samoa. Yes. Okay. Our and friends. They are <laughs> more friends of the show. Yes. <laughs> So in in the pool games, the very first pool game, England played Samoa, and England won sixty to six. Okay, which for anyone who doesn't know rugby, that's big. Is a big margin. Yeah, 
<laughs> that's 15 goals in the AFL. That's right. That's that's a huge margin. And so no one gave Samoa a single chance. It was all about, yeah, England going to be playing Australia in the final. Semi-final comes around. You're not going to believe what happened. Oh, no. So uh, with, about, with about 10 minutes to go, the scores are tied. Yeah. Five minutes to go, Samoa scores a try. Then the dying minutes of the game, about a minute to go, England score a try to level it up. It goes to golden point. And, I mean, can you, no one can believe Samoa's this close. England get the ball twice and stuff it up both times in golden point. So oh, Samoa no. go the other end, boom, golden point. Samoa are through the final. Wow. And if for those who don't like rugby, go on KO and watch the last 10 minutes of this game because it is the best 10 minutes of rugby you will see. If you don't like rugby after that, that's fine, but nothing will ever get you into rugby because it is... It is phenomenal how the last ten minutes play out. Um, so I'm excited. I, I, you know, it sort of it makes us feel a bit better. England won in our backyard, but you know, the Aussies are winning over there, and England's hearts were broken at the game. So it makes us feel a little bit better. I think. There you go, mate. We've got so we've got the World Cup. Is it Sunday the final? I think yeah, Saturday Sunday. Yeah. Uh, are you going to catch it? Uh, not live. I'm not, not live. I'm not getting up at two a.m. for it. I'll, I'll probably watch a replay on on Ko. Um, and look. Without doing what the English did, I expect I expect Australia to beat Samoa. Um, we should we should account for them reasonably comfortably. Like New Zealand were our biggest threat. We like it was a close game, but we still beat them, so we should be fine. Um, yeah, and it, there's so many good players in that Aussie side. Yeah, exactly right. So, so congrats to the Aussies. We've already won it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> there you go. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Mate, another World Cup. It's World Cup galore at the moment. It is World it? Cup just season, world, isn't it's it? It's World Cups every year. Look. Yeah. Your favourite World Cup. <laughs> it so, could be. Is it really? Well, Soccer yeah. World Cup. I just think out of all the sporting events that are sort of four years apart, it could be the best. Better than the one-day cricket World Cup? Yeah. Really? It goes too long. I reckon. Oh, I mean, obviously, we all know the Olympics is better, but you hate the Olympics, so you're not the gonna, Olympics. Yeah, it's sort of that one. Yeah, slip through the Olympics type of stuff, but <laughs> the, nah, soccer <laughs> World Cup's exciting. I don't really get into soccer, but around this time I do because it's just like plenty to watch. And I've mm. done some research, and I've got a team who I think is going to win it. Okay, all right, here we go. Let's hear with it, mate. Who, so, firstly, yep. I want to acknowledge that England will choke. Of course, consistently they always do. <laughs> it's it's a given. It's hilarious to watch. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so it won't be them. No. So the World Cup's being played in in Qatar. Yep. So what do you know about Qatar? It's hot. It is hot. So I've sort of ruled out every country that doesn't play <laughs> where it's super hot, <laughs> and it's left me with about you know twenty eight of the thirty two. So I haven't <laughs> I haven't narrowed it down a great deal via that metric. Okay. <laughs> and and so I've sort of got two that yeah, I'm okay. that I'm thinking. All right. Senegal. Okay. Just because I like some of their players. Okay. Um, you know, we got Kula Bali. Sure. He's a beast. We got Sadio Mane. Sure. And that's all I know. Okay, that's two more than I knew, so I like it, mate. So shout yeah. out to the Senegal. I think they, they're going to be my, my bolters. Yeah. Okay. They could get, get out of the group, do some damage, cause yep. some problems for people. Of course. But my team to win it. Here we go. It's the Brazilians. It's Ola to our friend oh. in Brazil, <laughs> who listened a couple of weeks ago. Thank you, guys. Your boys are going to bring home a World Cup. Okay. What are your thoughts, mate? Have you got a prediction? Uh... I'm going to back Canada. There you go. Are they in it? Yeah, they're in it. Oh, shout out. <laughs> For no other reason that they're in it. Uh, and due to my following a, a lot of ice hockey, I get a lot of uh, Canadian sports feeds. Okay. And they're all excited about their, their team this year. So apparently it's the best ever Canadian side. So I don't. I think that's like saying it's the best ever Australian side. I don't, I don't think that's a, that's a great achievement. But uh, they're, they're excited, so I'm backing them. Love that. But, mate, one thing I want to talk about with the World Cup is there's been a lot of talk about it with being in Qatar. 
mm. because they don't have a lot of accommodation there. They've got enough accommodation for about 30,000 fans. Okay. And there's a lot more than 30,000 fans coming. Oh, yeah. So what they've done is they've released some budget accommodation. That's good. I know. The no, not for the likes of you. You'd be, you know, oh, of course behind not. glass type of stuff. Oh, well, Luxury. Wait, wait until you hear about how much the budget accommodation is, mate. Okay, talk to me. <laughs> so the budget, when you think budget accommodation, what do you think, mate? I don't know, like 30, 40, 50 bucks a night. Jeez, that's real budget, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Hostel type. You can get a hostel no, for that much. No, that's true. That's true. So this is, it's temporary accommodation. And the best way to describe it is imagine thousands of shipping containers lined up. Okay. Okay. And in this shipping container, you've got a tiny bathroom, a bar fridge, and two small beds. Oh, you get two. All right. Then it's got to be 80 bucks a night. So, so and, and that's it. That's all that's in there. There's the, a portable air conditioner. Not really what you want. But there's a portable air conditioner, um, and that's it. That that that's all you get. All, all right. right. And what are they stinging you for this? They're stinging between three and four hundred dollars a <laughs> night. <laughs> and this is their budget. This is budget accommodation, and and it's temporary. But it's about forty minutes away from the stadium. Well, so, are so, they providing a bus service? <laughs> I think they are. Bucks, surely. <laughs> I, think, I think they are. But as if you've got the accommodation so far away, it's just in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere. And they're just putting all these fans there. So, um, yeah, if that's their version of budget, I think I would be in budget, mate. I think I don't think I can afford to be behind the glass at four hundred bucks a pop, mate. That's- yeah, it, it definitely presents some problems, doesn't it? The, it does. The World Cup in Qatar it seems like a massive money grab. It does. Um, they've paid for so much, and it's just impractical. Mm. There's never been a World Cup at this time of the sort of soccer season. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's just it just seems to not work. Thirty thousand fans is, you know. So like so fewer that they would be wanting, obviously mm. expensive accommodation. That's probably why they've jacked up the prices. Yeah, it just seems to have not worked, and I think it speaks to you know putting the World Cup somewhere where they can actually successfully hold it <laughs> is probably uh, a good idea. Oh, I like that, mate. And the other thing that they've they've shown recently, I don't know if you saw this, but yesterday they've they've started to show pictures of fans marching. You know, okay. The, the issue is that people worked out they're fake fans. So they're the fans that they've paid for. And the the issue has come to light because to start with, none of them were yelling or singing chants that the, the teams would normally sing. So you've got all these English fans there that don't seem to know any English is the first issue and they don't use any chants. Okay. But the other issue is they've spotted multiple fans at the different teams' oh, events. Oh, no. And so they've worked out, <laughs> they've worked out their actors because they're the same guy at multiple events. <laughs> All dressed up, so they've so because and again this is this has happened before in Qatar. It's happened to, apparently to a beach volleyball match a number of years ago. They're hosting this beach volleyball tournament. No one, no one's there, and halfway through, all these random people just rock up, start cheering, and they're the old rent a crowd. So there you go. I think I think it shows again how how much they're struggling out there. The fact that they to make their sports look big, there they're paying for people to watch. It's not ideal. Yeah, not not a bad way to get an earn though. No, oh, I want a cashy just to rock up and sort of, you know, walk and sing and that. Look, I, I'd happily do it as a paid van. Easy. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, gee, free tickets. You and me, you and me, we're in. Hawthorne might need to reach out regarding that next year. <laughs> well, mate, I, t- I, I tell you what, mate, that, oh, let's jump a couple of segments. That leads me into my horror lower. Talk okay? to me. So my horror lower is about AFL membership. You, you bring this up. Yeah. All right. So my horror lower is how many teams broke their membership records last year? So my number is twelve. Do you think more or less or higher or lower? What do you think? Do you think the actual number is higher or lower than twelve for teams that broke their AFL membership records last year? Higher. Oh, you reckon it's higher? What do you reckon the number is? Fourteen. 
Do you know this for sure? Because no. that's correct. Oh, hey. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well done. Who do you reckon the four times out didn't break it, mate? Um, yeah, that's hard. West Coast? Yep, that's one. Gosh, uh, you, you're doing well. Yeah, it's just based on logic. I know, but like your 14 <laughs> was impressive as well, mate. Do you guess the actual number? All right, well, now I'm going to have a crack at the other three. All right, here we go. I'm going to say... Oh, I don't want to get it wrong now. I reckon Essendon? No. All right, give up. All right, so <laughs> Who we've got, are they? We've got Adelaide. Okay. We've got, surprisingly, Richmond. Okay. But even more surprising, the fourth one was Sydney. Yeah, well, I was never going to get, get those ones. No, so they're the four. But, yeah, the other 14 teams all beat their membership record. So, which I reckon is a pretty good effort. It's a great effort. Overall, and Hawthorne had over 80,000, mate. So, I don't think they'll need the red to crowd, mate. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, well, you know. Some might let's s- hope they're loyal through the tough times. Some might say they're a big four club. Um, now, mate. <laughs> Both <laughs> would be wrong. <laughs> Now, mate, before before we get into the movie review, mate, I've got a bit of a story for you. All right. All right. And, and I reckon you'll like this one. That's why I've got them. So it came out of the, uh, of all places, it came out of the uh, China Marathon. Okay. okay. Now, have you heard of Uncle Chen? No. No. Funnily so, enough. No. So un- un- Uncle Chen is, is famous in China. He's a marathon runner. Yeah. And, yeah, like he does it in average time. So he, he three hours and 28 minutes, he, he ran it, which is a, a BB for him. So... <laughs> <laughs> so he came he came 574th out of 1500 runners okay and he's 50 years old yeah so it's good effort at 50 but the reason the reason this is uh he's famous is because he's known he did this for chain smoking during the marathons <laughs> so the entire three and a half hours he was smoking cigarettes during it didn't wow. stop so what i want to know is do you think you know like that's obviously not a typical sports thing to do. So my question is, should we be encouraging smoking in our elite AFL athletes, mate? Because clearly old mate Uncle Chen, he's, he's onto something here, you know? Should we, be, should we be doing some research into this, mate? Into sort of ripping darts whilst <laughs> performing. I'm going to say no. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Uncle Chen. Uh, I appreciate your work. It's a little bit like how they have like the beer mile races where like every 400 metres you've got a skull of beer. Gosh, that's hard work, isn't it? Oh, I wouldn't know. I've never done it, but... Oh. <laughs> I'll figure they are. The yeah. world record holder, mate. Could be up there. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, so Uncle Chad, that's, I mean, that's a phenomenal effort, isn't it? Is, it? Isn't like, it? what a freak athlete. <laughs> but I'm not endorsing it. For, what a in, specimen. In my, my off-season sort of do's and don'ts is probably in the don't category. Don't be sort of jogging around and, you know, ripping Chad, a dart. So, yeah. Anyway, good effort from Uncle Chen, and it's a great story. <laughs> it must have been hard work, though. Imagine the coughing oh, and spluttering as, you, yeah. as you're running. Like, what? <laughs> that, that can't be good for your body to be doing. I don't know how he's done it. So, no, there's a, there's a fun one for you. Mate, it's time for my favourite segment. It's time for the movie review. Okay, mate. So, it's, you had, it, a, had a slip last week. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you'd want to come with something oh. strong this week. <laughs> and rate it accordingly. <laughs> Oh, I like that. This week, I've got a movie. It's called Cracker Jack. Hello. All right. Which is, it's an Aussie movie. Mm-hmm. It stars Mick Malloy. Okay. Okay. Who we all love. We all love Mick Malloy. We do. Um, and so it's probably, oh, maybe 20 years old, I reckon, Cracker Jack. And so it's set at a, it's set at a local lawn bowls club. You know? <laughs> Where else? <laughs> that, that's right. Um, and, it, and it follows this, Mick Malloy's character, who has for many years, he's been a member of the Bowls Club, never bowled in his life, but he's got three memberships because he gets free parking 
and the parking is in the middle of the city. So it means you get free parking. It's a, it's a genius idea. It is. Uh, but eventually they make him bowl because the club's on the verge of going under. They don't have enough players and they want to enter this big tournament. And it's this bloke who, you know, has never shown interest in lawn bowls in his life. And so it's it's a bit of a comedy as it, as it follows Mick, you know, getting into the lawn, the lawn bowls team and, you know, being a bit of a larrikin whilst, you know, you've got these sort of um, older people who've got some sort of prestigious traditions that they uphold that he doesn't uphold as such. Um so it's a bit funny. Look, it's it's okay. Okay, <laughs> you know it's it's a bit it's a bit corny. Um, it's it's very predictable, but it's a bit of fun. I'm giving it three stars. There you go, you know, Jack. That's right. So it's not terrible. It's not the best movie. It's one you, you know if you if you like sort of that like sort of dry Australian humour, you'll probably enjoy the film. Um, but if you're sort of used to your sort of you know big outlandish American comedies, you're going to hate this movie. Um, I might give it a crack. So you might oh, you might give it a cracker Jack indeed, mate. Get on it. <laughs> well, I have no comments on that. But no, good job, Josh. Thank you for bringing, bringing us that. Thanks, mate. Now, mate, before we finish, it's everyone's new favourite segment. It is. It's try this on for size. It is. And it's backed by popular demand. What, what have we got this week? Just quickly, on last week, we had yep. the Chalky Milks sort we did of variants. Did you get one in this week? Or? Of course I did, mate. And what did you go for? Oh, I got my old, uh, got my got my caramel one, my, my white, my caramel, and uh, it's like, I, and I, I even thought it's it's Browns is the brand. I thought I, I got Browns. Ch- I got to check this brand. You get it at Woolworths, okay? Um, and it is it is so good, decent. So, yeah, love it. Got nice. that in, mate. What did you get in? Do you uh, want in? Yeah, I had a I had a nice coffee one yesterday. And it was mm. great. So after I finished my exam, felt like I earned it. So yeah, how good? Well done, mate. All right, this well, week here we go. I've kind of got two. Oh, hello. So... A double dose. Yes, and so... No worries, listeners. Don't expect this every week. <laughs> you might get none next week, guys. Sorry, sorry, guys. Here we go. What have we got? So, on Saturday night, I had the privilege of going to watch Dua Lipa. I don't know if you are across Dua Lipa. She's probably the biggest pop star in the world currently. Okay. She has go. so many good songs. Anyway, shout out to Dua. Yep. My, my trial is on for size is that if you're in a crowd mm. at a concert, mm-hmm. don't film it. Everyone mm. around me was just oh. filming the whole time. And to be honest, old mate next to me with a flamingo shirt on and his sunnies on, your seven Instagram followers don't care that you're a dual leaper <laughs> and you don't need to be on Instagram live for the whole show. So if you're a concert going sort of individual, put the phone down and just enjoy it. Be in the moment type of stuff. I like this. So that's my first one. This is good for me. Is, is your second related to this one? Not even close. Okay, because I might build on this. I This is the same at sporting events. Oh, it is. Don't, like, put your phone away. Like, you're not KO. That's right. Like, if you're there at the start of the game, people you've never been to a game before, and you want to take a selfie before the game starts, go for it. I don't mind one selfie. But don't film half the game on your phone. What are you doing? Literally. Like, what footage are you going to get that's so good that, as you said, it's better than the 4K K that we can get? <laughs> like, come on, guys. It's footage you're never going to watch again. Um, yeah, just enjoy the game. As you said, enjoy the concert. I'm with you on this one, mate. Yeah, and so, old mate, I'm not not trying to pick on old Flamingo shirt geezer too <laughs> nah, much. pick on him, mate. I like this. But he, he had a bit of a drip going on, and so he lift up his arm next to me and I had to cop the aromas and... <laughs> Oh boy, I was I was battling with him. Yeah, it's fair. So, we in the mosh pit, mate. Yeah, I was doing my best in there. Yeah, nice. Which yep. was which was good. But all right, my second one. Here we go. And you've acknowledged this to me before, oh, no. Josh. You're not the most sort of inventive when it comes to sort of food. You're a pretty straight up and down type of guy. Would you I say am. that's fair? Yeah, definitely. Right. I'm a, I'm a straight defensive battle food, mate. You yep. are. And so this may not cater too well. To- <laughs> 
So across the the weekend, and I've actually I had this on Saturday, and I've now had it again on I think it was Monday. I had it. Oh wow! I tried something called a dosa. Okay. Do you know what that is? I've never heard of a dosa. Right, a dosa is like this Indian pancake spicy thing. Okay. Which is a great and apt description of it. No, sure. Essentially, it's like this. Like a kebab? It's Imagine a kebab with, it's sort of like folded over and you get like, it comes with a range of sort of sauces. You dip them in and oh, it's like, it's the best thing I've probably ever had. And I'm terribly, oh doing terribly at describing it. Yeah. But I would recommend if you have an Indian takeaway near you, try a dosa. A dosa. D-O-S-A. Is it quite spicy? Oh, you kind of pick what you want in it. Okay. So you can get like, you can get ones that are like sort of stuffed with potato and sort of like a big chip really. And then you can like dip these like curry sauces with it or you can do like just curry ones or like meat, whatever you want. So I had a potato one and I've had a chicken one. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, if you get get the opportunity, get a doser in. Which was better, mate? The, the potato was potato. so good. There we go. So, yeah, mate, if you get an opportunity, try a doser. I'll, I'll, I'll have to try it, man. I like that one, mate. It's, it's two, mate, that's good from you. Double yeah. dose. I, I enjoyed that. Don't say I don't work for the show. <laughs> I never would, mate. would never accuse you of such things. Mate, before we finish up, a quick reminder to everyone out there. Head to magnetmovers.com.au. Enter our, uh, enter our jersey giveaway. Uh, remember, it's any team, any Australian-based team you want. You can uh, enter, and you might win a you might win a jersey. Thanks to those who have uh, who have entered so far. We've had uh, a, a number of a number of different jerseys that people have uh, have been recommended. The the Indigenous jerseys are quite popular. Hello. So um, you know, it might be next year's Indigenous jersey you get, guys. The heads up depends what's available when you win, but. Um, so they're, they're very popular, mate. But, um, yeah, make sure everyone you head to magnetmovers.com.au to, to enter and also send in your listener questions there. So, um, which, which today's was. Matt was uh, the first one ever to use that. So thanks, Matt. Thanks for using the website. And, uh, mate, make sure everyone you get on that or, as always, magnetmovers at gmail.com is the other option for you as well. Exactly right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, I hope you enjoyed Jeff at the start. He was a, a breath of fresh air for the show. <laughs> <laughs> it was a breath of something, mate. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. See you next week.